Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. Do you know your life's destiny? Are you actively doing the things you are born to do or wishing you could one day? Today's guest took his obsession with film and his need to diversify his services and fell into the rabbit hole of something unexpected. Steve Barry is the artist and photographer behind Robotwig, what he calls the miniverse, a place for miniature pop culture creations. In this conversation, we obviously talk about movies and his journey to the miniverse, but we also explore how he sees art in everyday objects, how he taught himself lighting by making mistakes instead of watching tutorials, creative patience, or lack thereof, and the challenges of turning his passion into a viable business. If you are a creative entrepreneur looking for a new way to see your business, this is the conversation for you. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 720. Well, Steve, welcome to Getting Work to Work. I've been following your work for a long time now, and I'm very excited to talk with you. Yeah, good to speak to you too. Yeah. Well, normally I ask people what they're endlessly curious about, but <laughs> I love this pivot that you want to talk about today is what are you endlessly creative about? Movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got an obsession when, when I looked to this question, I thought, I, I think I might be a little bit obsessed with movies. <laughs> Where does that obsession come from? Oh, um, from a very young age, uh, I think I saw Aliens when I was about eight or nine, Mm -hmm. um, when I shouldn't have seen it, (laughs) and it just opened up my mind. Um, It just transfixed me completely, and I was it didn't scare me. It was just Mm -hmm. like mesmerized how these giant aliens were created, and yeah, I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, And then I drew a picture in school. (laughs) <laughs> so we, we were asked to draw a picture of what you've done over the weekend so i drew ripley in the um power loader taking on the queen and then my parents got called in the day after <laughs> and told off because i shouldn't have been watching it and they didn't even know i'd been watching it i, I secretly watched it um oh wow through the gap in the door downstairs <laughs> how so, did they respond uh, they were fine. I mean, I kept yeah. watching films, so I imagine it, was, it wasn't a problem, but <laughs> I just made sure I didn't draw any more pictures of school, especially Freddy Krueger and Chucky. And... <laughs> That's awesome. There's there's something about that period of time, though, where when we're young and we see like an image on a film that it just has the power to change the trajectory of our lives. Yeah, it's, it was a... It's like a magical thing. I still, I still get that feeling now um, when I when I watch movies and especially like the old stuff because it's it's just this magical thing. You can't. It's good escapism, mm-hmm. um, and there's such. This is like like why I do what I do because it's kind of niche. But then everybody's seen a film of some sort. You might not be into films, but I think everybody's seen a film. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody that hasn't seen a film. Um, right. But yeah, it's just like opens your mind, and it you, know, you can get transported into different different types of places. But yeah, it was, it was um, I was more fascinated by the sort of 
how they did it more than the. I mean, I love the film, but right. yeah, I just I, I just got really fascinated on how 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 they could do stuff like that, and then I was trying to find. I mean, this is before internet. I was trying to find anything that I could to see who these studios were and you know what what these people did and how they did it and stuff. And you'd have to like find books and things like that to <laughs> right to find stuff out. So yeah, it was. Uh, now, if I was mm-hmm. nine, I'd be fine because I'd just look on the internet. But back then, it was like looking through a newspaper to find <laughs> going to a library, and yeah, it was insane. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just we had a studio um, in Manchester, which isn't too far from where I live. Uh, it used to be called Granada Studios, and we visited there a few times when we were at school, and um, they used to show like the behind the scenes of. Um, TV series and things like that because he used to film TV shows there. Oh, cool. uh, and he used to have uh, a little area that was um, full of miniatures and masks, horror masks and things like that. And it was it was done out like a proper like a proper studio, mm-hmm. and you could see all these tiny um, like city scenes and things with lights flashing, and oh, wow. you know, it was huge, it was enormous, and they used to use it for like Doctor Who and all types of stuff. So it was, it was really cool to see stuff like that, and that, you know, that probably made me worse in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's something magical though about seeing exhibits like that, whether it's at a studio or in a museum, because I yeah. know that um, a couple years ago in the area that I live, the the studio Leica who did Coraline and other stop motion movies, they had an exhibit at the local museum. And so you got to see some of the sets and all of the different faces that they created for uh, box trolls and, and, and things like that. And it's just, there's something about the tactile nature of, of, film props and especially in the 80s and 90s when things weren't fully digital yet yeah yeah it's incredible to see i mean the wallace and gromit oh yeah um i mean i grew up with that i think i was 11 Mm -hmm. when that came out but that that just the sets on that still impress me now it's just like some of the stuff Mm -hmm. the, the tiny little vases and you know little cups of coffee and so all these mm-hmm. tiny little things are just absolutely incredible. You can you can just watch it over and over again and see something new. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, Leica and studios like that are just absolutely insane. Yeah. I, I'm glad that there is still that resurgence of stop motion animation, like with Pinocchio from Del Toro and, yeah. and other things like that, because I, I do think that we need as film watchers and aspiring filmmakers, I think we still need that physical touch to really allow our imaginations to thrive. Yeah. This, this thing that I say to people is like the appreciation, because I do practical effects in my work. Mm-hmm. And when you see a practical effect, may it be a stunt or, you know, like an animation, your mind acts differently towards it. Mm-hmm. It's like if I see a, a stunt of Tom Cruise hanging by the side of a plane, <laughs> and I think it's CGI, which I did do for a long time. I just thought it's just CGI, so I'm not. I wasn't that bothered when I found out it was real. It completely changed the way that I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you watch the old Bond movies, and there's just so much effort gone into that, so much effort into 
tipping a plane up in midair and it's yeah. just it's just like it just gives you a completely different feeling and it's mm-hmm. seeing animation knowing that somebody's physically done something and right. know, this person spent hours doing that I, don't, I think it just gives you like this in-depth um feeling of appreciation yeah more, more so than just cgi yeah i mean i know that there's a lot of work that goes into CGI as well, but it's just that it's that physical hands-on, isn't it? It's like yeah. they're actually touching something and right one maneuver, and it's all gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes life and death. Yeah, <laughs> fingerprint in the face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I think I've I've thought a lot about this because when I watch like the Avengers or you know, the latest tentpole CGI film. I'm I'm a passive consumer, but you know, when I go back and watch a film that that has been made with practical effects, or you can you can see the lack of budget and how they had to be creative. Yeah. yeah. I think that inspires me to be a filmmaker and to think I can do that too. Yeah. And and I just I I wonder what we're losing with for those the future when maybe the films don't inspire a generation to create film. Yeah. I mean, with the new Marvel stuff like Ant-Man, the new Ant-Man, I kind of just switched off because it just felt like green screen, which it was all green screen. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it just takes you out of it. Me personally, it takes me out of it. Um, It's, you know, I'm not against CGI at all. I think it's amazing what they can do, but I just think there needs to be, a good balance. Yeah. Robert Zemeckis had the best idea of CGI before he did Polar Express <laughs> and all that. <laughs> yes. But when, when I watched the making of um, Castaway, I didn't realize how much CGI was in it. And that's mm. that's a good thing not to notice the CGI. But when you do start to notice CGI, it's it, I think that just takes you out of the out of the film mm-hmm. when it's too much. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because the first thing I thought of with Zemeckis was who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, and and all of the I mean I don't think of that as a CGI film, wow. even though it obviously <laughs> is because they they inter, they Roger's they integrated. <laughs> I know Roger Rabbit's real, <laughs> but like the way that they they're like okay the the animation is going to make this cup here fall over so we need to make sure we trigger that action on the set and it's like that level of thinking is amazing yeah there's a beautiful like seamless thing between the animation and the physical part Mm -hmm. i find that with jurassic park as well there's like there's this nice flow of cgi puppet there's cgi t-rex moves beautifully but then a puppet Velociraptors more frightening than a CGI Velociraptor, <laughs> yeah. so it's got like this really nice balance to it. So I would I would like things to go back to sort of that level of having. I mean, Star Wars is like the Mandalorian. They've they've started to do that, which is really cool to see. They started to use real puppets, um, Grogu's puppet, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of characters in there that are actual puppets or people in costumes, and then the CGI works together with it. And I think that's just a really perfect balance. So. You have this love for movies. You're you're visiting studios. At what point does that lead you to say, "I think I can create my own miniature creations too"? Uh, 2019, 
I've never even thought about doing this ever. I've always enjoyed movies. I always wanted to work sort of in the movie industry, but <clears throat> living in the north part of England, there weren't many opportunities. You, everything was in London, and mm-hmm. it was just difficult with funds and things like that. So I never ha- had the opportunity because I always wanted to work at Pinewood Studios and like build sets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it never happened, and... I, I contacted a few people on the phone and they said, why don't you come down and visit us? And I was like, oh, I can't really afford to. So I couldn't, I didn't have any money. So it was just, I was, it was disheartening. I actually called um, Henson's Creature Shop oh, yeah. when I was about 12. <laughs> wow. And I got in contact with them through the Yellow Pages. <laughs> and somebody awesome. actually answered, like an actual person answered. Yeah. And I said, oh, I'd really like to like work with you guys and, I always remember this phone call and, and went, I'll just put you through to somebody else. And I just thought I was just going to hang up on me. And this, this other guy came. I don't know who it was. It could have been somebody famous. could have been a famous Muppeteer. Um, and he, he was really kind and says, why don't you come down to the studio and we'll we'll show you around and we'll do this. And I'm like, I'm only 11. <laughs> I've got no money. <laughs> it's one of those opportunities I wish I could have done. I, I yeah. don't know who was on the other line, but it was it was so nice. And I'd like imagine walking around Jim Henson's Creature Shop. That must have yeah. been like fantastic to see some stuff in there. But yeah, I'm a freelance creative by trade because I've always been into art. I've always liked creative things, but I got into graphic design when I left college and got working through doing graphic design and just designing posters and leaflets and all types of stuff. So it never, it never entered my mind to do this. It just mm-hmm. reached that point where it was too late and I just thought, well, I need something that I can get a career out of and um, earn a wage. So I took graphic design up, um, but then COVID came and then it flipped my life upside down. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now because in 2019, I just got a new contract with a company. It was a six-month contract, and I, I was in the office for two days, and then we all got sent home. Oh, wow. And I thought it was going to be for like a week. I thought, oh, it'll be for a week or whatever. It's not going to be for long, and then we'll all be back in the office again. And, I, and three years down the line, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it was an accidental thing that I got into, and it's – the thing that I look at now and think, am I, you know, talking about seeing aliens at nine and wanting to do all the studio things? It's like, am I destined to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this where it's leading? That's why I've been very persistent with, with it. I'm not earning any money from it, so it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. But I've been, it feels like it's the right thing to do. It feels like that's what I was made for. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of when lockdown happened, I just thought I'm going to do some product photography because obviously I'm a graphic designer, so expand your horizons with uh, product (laughs) photography and I can offer that as a service. So I thought I've got a few weeks. I'll learn how to use the flash. Um, I'll learn how to use a camera properly. Um, So that's what I just did. I just got a can of Coke out of the the fridge and I thought I'll start doing some shots of that. Never used my flashes or anything before. I just just thought I'm just going to learn how to do it teach myself um that's awesome so i got i got a few products out and then i just literally ran out of everything to take pictures of (laughs) (laughs) so i've got nothing left my friend said 
why don't you take some pictures of like that, like a thingy that you've got, like a Lego Star Wars thing that you got? And I, oh, yeah, I could do that, couldn't I? So I got the little Lego Star Wars thing out and I, and I started taking pictures of that. And then I thought I could do movie scenes because <laughs> Lego is Lego, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's fairly generic. So I thought, what could I do for movie scenes? And then did this little Terminator 2 using tin foil. You know, the T-1000 all yeah. mashed up and I blue-tacked the head on to the end of the tin foil like it was all mangled um, at the end <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> and I took a picture of it and I thought, oh, it looks all right, that. So I posted it on my Instagram account, which I've not used for years. And it just went down like a house on fire. I was like, oh, right, okay, people like this. And it just went from, from then on. Um, yeah. And it's not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's amazing the breadth of work that you have created though. Cause like when you go to your website and look at all of the, the scenes that you've recreated, my mind is blown. Mine is as well. When I look at it, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what have I been doing? Yeah. <laughs> There's a world outside. What am I doing? <laughs> but like yeah, when, when you click through i mean it, it's amazing the level of detail that you have like i i obviously went to some of my favorite categories but like looking at del toro's category or even like they they live i mean you capture the spirit of these films yeah that's my whole goal is to get people to feel that image yeah. and i and i get a lot of good feedback from people the, especially if I do an ET scene, because hmm. everyone just ah, oh, you've made me, you've made me cry um, with this image, and you know, like this, this really takes me back, like to when I was a kid, and it's nice to hear things like that because it's, it's mm-hmm. obviously capturing that feeling and atmosphere is, is what I'm trying to do, and it's, it's obviously working, and people are, people are looking at stuff and they're getting a feeling from it, and I just think that's amazing. Yeah, it is. How long does it take to go from finding a pivotal scene in a film and then recreating it with your creative process? Mm-hmm. Um, props are a big issue. So if I watch a film like I'll watch Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. there'll be certain things I can't do in, with what I've got. So I'm limited to what I've got. I've got, I've got more stuff now than what I've, I had before, but... It can be down to just like a a building or something, you know, that's, that I haven't got or, a, or some a particular type of brick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it will affect like you being able to create that image. Yeah. So the other side of it is what have I got and what can I take and recreate what I've got into something that's recognisable. So the pale man, um, I did have a... Like a, it's just a an old fireplace, like a plastic fireplace, and that was just perfect for that. And I have loads of foods from the Muppets. <laughs> got this like this Muppet kitchen. It comes with loads of food. So I've got, I've got loads of food. I've got a pale manor. I've got Ophelia. It's like perfect. I can do it. And the lighting's not a problem. I can do any lighting I want. But the like the props are always a big issue. Um, but yeah, so that was just like food on the table, pale man with his hands on the table, I can do that. And then that's it. That's how it generally works. Um, 
I just have like all these ideas running around in my head and then it just all has to go down. That's why I do that's why I do so many pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh this idea, gotta do this. <laughs> and halfway through that I'm going, Oh, I couldn't do that one next. I can do this <laughs> one next and that's where my brain works. So yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I thought it would have been by now, after three years, I thought I would have been getting fairly fairly stuck by now, but Mm-hmm. I've still got 200 images that I've not posted yet. Wow. <laughs> wow. So there's still some Guillermo del Toro's not posted. Mm-hmm. Um, got quite a, quite a few Hellboy stuff, aliens. The trouble is when it's sat there, mm-hmm. I look at it on a daily basis and then I fall out in my own work. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just look at it and I go, I don't like that anymore. I'm going to do it again. Mm. And then I do it again. And then I don't post it. And then six months down the line, I go, I don't like that one anymore. I'll do it again. <laughs> so I've done like the same shot about five times because I keep changing. I keep like developing my skills. Mm-hmm. So I can look at stuff now and think, oh, I hate that now. It's like a, just that one thing that's missing from there that I could have done better. And but I'm not frightened to revisit scenes and redo. I think it's a good thing to see how far you've come. How do you balance that though of of having that extensive backlog and knowing that your skills have grown? Like is it just it's tough? It's tough. Yeah. I can't balance it. It's um because things are based on when you when you when I've been on social media for so long because I'm on it every single day, it's like you, mm-hmm. you sort of try to be on a trend and you know, some it's somebody's Annie's birthday and it's like, oh damn, it's Annie's birthday today, I'm gonna have to put a picture of Arnie out or, you know, it's this is happening, you know, this new movie's come out and I've got something relating to that. And mm-hmm. it, you, you start to skew off what you've planned to post. Oh, so yeah. you get like this, I've posted Terminator there and I try not to post the same thing every, you know, like every week. I, I try to post a different image from a completely different film every week. So there's that process as well <laughs> I, I really overcomplicate what i'm doing considering I, I, i'm not getting paid <laughs> but yeah it becomes like this thing of cat post terminator picture um because i posted one this week star wars this and that jurassic park you know you name it and then it might be jurassic park's birthday and then that throws a spanner in the works so yeah it's very complex I like that you're wrestling with it though, because I think whether it's, you know, the miniverse that you're creating or someone's business or, you know, another creative, I mean, we're all struggling with what is the thing to post today? How do you respond to those relevant topics of the day versus the, the world that that we're creating? Yeah. I mean, this, like, if I post something that's new, it gets less likes than the 80s stuff, so... <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So, well, posted something relevant for a change rather than an 80s movie. <laughs> None of you like it. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about relevance? <laughs> yeah, I'm off back to the 80s. <laughs> So you, you mentioned props and how you have like an entire Muppet kitchen and, and I mean, looking at all the figures that you have, like, what does your workspace look like? Do you have like a, a, a giant warehouse or are you just have like a spare bedroom? 
Uh, it's a mess. It's a complete <laughs> and utter mess. I shouldn't Fair. even. I'm glad there's. I'm glad the camera's not on. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a struggle. I don't have a warehouse, so literally every single thing is shoved in a cupboard. Hmm. You go into the kitchen, and you might find a, a figure in there, in one of the drawers. You might nice. find a figure in under the bed. You might find a figure under the sofa. <laughs> if it fits, it's going in. <laughs> I do need some storage unit of some sort at some point. Hmm. But, yeah, I'll keep everything in the boxes. Uh, it's all okay. stackable. But, yeah, it's a struggle, a big struggle. The props yeah. the props are a struggle. Um, I just shove them all in, in a big, um, what do I call it, like a plastic, plastic box. Yeah. So, yeah, I just throw them all in there, literally throw them in. They're, they're thrown like a... I'm like a muppet. I just I get a scene done and I th- just throw it all behind me and hope it lands in the plastic bucket. <laughs> yeah, because some some of these figures are large. Like I, looking at your Pan's Labyrinth stuff, those are the NECA figures, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those They're are not small. Figures. No, seven inch, seven inch figures. Yeah, I and mean, it was quite a quite a bit of a struggle to go from minifigures to. Um, to full size it was um a friend online persuaded me to why don't you try some full size stuff mm-hmm. it's like i've not got any props or anything <laughs> you do need stuff i mean you can uh, use you know rocks from the garden and tin foil and cotton wool for explosions and things like that but you do need stuff there's only mm-hmm. so much of that you can do before you've exhausted the, the whole avenue um so it's like I, I try to find broken things off eBay and yeah. I'll, I'll repaint them up. Or, you know, just like literally I was saying to somebody the other day, you could just like buy a, a bucket, just a little tiny miniature bucket, and it can it can create you 25 images <laughs> just in <laughs> one bucket. You can yeah. set a whole plot around a bucket and it, it does. Wow. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. So like the Home Alone stuff that I did, I wouldn't be able to do without the bucket. So it's like... You just think of these random things. Like, oh, what could I create with that? Yeah. <laughs> a bucket can create me lots of images. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've got no time to think about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so I'm not curious about anything. <laughs> I'm too busy thinking about plastic buckets. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I I wholeheartedly disagree. Like, your curiosity knows no bounds. <laughs> Because you're you're thinking about how to recreate the scenes with what you have, yeah. But but I mean, you have a vision in your mind that just blows my mind of what you're able to accomplish. Like, that's that is awesome. correct. I do actually have a vision in my head, and yeah. I'd say ninety five percent of the time, if I've got a clear idea of the image that I want to create, it comes out looking exactly like it did in my head. Wow, and it's yeah, that's something that's because um, I used to illustrate quite a lot, and being from an art background, and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have ideas like that, but I could never, I could never utilize it properly. I mean, I, I enjoyed illustrating, but like the time scale and things it took to to do one picture was like weeks, mm-hmm. and then then you'd think of something else halfway through, and it'd be too late. You'd have to start again, <laughs> and it's it's that, and then that's what I love about. What I'm doing now is I can, I can create that idea that I've got, and then maybe a week later I think, 
oh, I'll do that one now. And same sort of idea, but mm-hmm. with a little bit of something different inside of it. And, and it's the beauty of being able to do that as if that was an illustration. You'd probably just think I'm not doing that again. <laughs> There's no <laughs> right. way I'm doing that again. <laughs> no way I'm spending a week doing that. And I don't know if I can illustrate that. And yeah, it's uh, it's really really strange. Yeah, it sounds like the the relationship with patience has changed too. Because working with miniatures, you can move more organically and faster. Yeah, and and whereas with illustration, you have to be just so focused and patient. Oh, yeah, it has to be structured. Yeah. Yeah. Illustration work really has to be structured. I mean, you're sketching your, the initial idea down and and then, you know, you've got to be happy with the with the layout and, you know, the way that everything comes together. So there's it, a lot of thought processes, like you say, with yeah. the miniatures. You could think that something would look good on the right-hand side, and then just grab it and put it on the left hand side, and it looks a lot yeah. better. So it's yeah, it's there's there's a lot of freedom aspects to that, but then mm-hmm. also a lot of limitations to it mm-hmm. too, because you can illustrate what you want, but you can't take a photograph of anything unless you right. go buy it. Unless you go buy it, <laughs> yeah. or make it. Or make it, yeah. <laughs> Do you have that ability to fabricate and make things? No, not really. Um, I'm good at sculpting, mm-hmm. so I've sculpted a few snakes for Indiana Jones. Oh, cool! Um, like I've created the odd newspaper and things like that, but when it gets to anything complex, I tend not to do. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the um, Shape of Water picture that I did a, yes. last year. Yes, where he's coming out of the water. Yeah. Well, that for some reason this year. So I repost last year's post this year for new followers on Tumblr. That's just gone off the rails. People are just mesmerized by it because mm-hmm. I use tinfoil for the water. Wow. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you're a genius. And it's like, no, I'm not a genius. <laughs> what happened was I, I, I run out of cling film, saran wrap, <laughs> uh, run out of that. There's none in the cupboard anymore because my wife stopped buying it because <laughs> save the planet. So I was like, what am I going to do? I usually use cling film for this. And I thought, there's some foil there. I'll try that out. <laughs> and that was, It wasn't a genius move. It was just, I'll try it out. If it fails, yeah. then it'll never get seen. So, <laughs> But that's right. what I do. I just try stuff out. Just try it. Never know if it works or not. I love that, though, because like, it's a, it, the, the line between genius and idiocy is like... I think it's more idiocy. Were you successful? <laughs> On my part, not anybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's great that you're willing to try and to explore and and just use what you have. I mean, there's so so many voices out there telling us we need to to have all of the right materials before we start, and yet yeah. here you are using what you have and creating amazing results. Yeah, I mean, like <clears throat> like I said, you you're limited to what you can yeah. do, but I, I probably would always use clean uh tin foil for water because it works it takes a lot yeah. of sculpting you got to sculpt it and and make sure that there's no obvious lines and things in it but it's mm-hmm. it it works really well it's just a happy accident i mean yeah. rock rocks from the garden are they're a happy <laughs> accident i found a piece of concrete in the garden washed it dried it 
and it's just got these little knobbly bobbly bits on it, like these little round concrete, you know, broken pebbles. Hmm. And I thought that could look like trees on a on a mountain in the background. Wow. So I've got some um just some poster paint. So I just got some green paint, started painting yeah. this rock, uh, did wow. all different types of green. I mean, this is where the illustration comes in because I know how to paint yeah. things. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'll paint that and then put a little waterfall on it. And it had this flat edge. Um, it's a really nice flat edge. It looked like a, a cliff face. So I painted that grey. Wow. And I painted just a white line going down. It looked like a waterfall. Um, but I've used that numerous times and it works perfectly. Again, happy yeah. accident. It either yeah. works or it gets thrown back in the garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow, I've used it for amazing. Jurassic Park and things. Uh, I posted Jurassic Park yesterday and I used the rock that I painted. But yeah, Incredible. it's just just looking, you just look at stuff. Yeah. When I first started doing the alien shots, I thought I don't have any interior ships. What well, you know, I need I need some interiors. What am I gonna use for an interior? Because I don't have anything. Um so I just started looking around the house and I found a little fold up stool plastic fold-up stool and it was white and I thought that's perfect for Nostromo I got this stool and I looked at the top of it and it was it was smooth on the top and it's got like black dots on it and I thought that's not suitable and I just flipped it upside down and it's got this structure how the stool folds it's got this structure to it and it's got like this spine running down it and and these like reinforced areas that's just underneath so you can't see it and it was just perfect, and that's what I used as a lot of my Nostromo stuff when I when I started out. So I just unfolded this stool and put the bottom end into the photograph and <laughs> stuck Ripley in there, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's next level, like, visualization, like being able to look at something and transpose it to another place. Yeah, and I, I, and I do think that, this is what I'm saying. Is this what I'm meant to do? But I yeah. do think that being creative and the background of being a graphic designer and mm-hmm. you constantly trying to think of ideas and new things, I think it, I think it stems from that. So I think, yeah. what can I do for this? You know, if you're designing something, you think exactly the same way. You know, what what colors can I use and what kind of what can I do to promote this business? And you you've got to come up with ideas. And I think it, it's the same sort of thought process. But more of a, a physical, you're looking at things and you're paying attention. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's toolboxes. That's another good spaceship <laughs> wall. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's my mind going again. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm, off on, I'm off on that tangent again. I'll stop now. <laughs> do, you, do you make notes or uh, lists of what would make good scenes or textures? Yeah. Oh, you mean as props? Yeah, yeah. No, like not when, generally. Like when you get an idea where you're like, "Ooh, a toolbox would make a great ship." I've used the toolbox um, for um, the scene in Alien <laughs> where Ripley's hiding around the corner and she's trying to escape with Jonesy, and the aliens around the corner. Hmm. That is a toolbox because cool. I needed I needed a surface that was sort of not too skeletal, and it needed to like have panels on it and toolboxes are amazing for that yeah um so i just put this toolbox on on its side and just <laughs> hit the handle and then just rested ripley against it and it worked perfectly <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool 
now, now we're coming full circle where, you know, we we're talking about behind the scenes in the movies. Now we're getting behind the scenes of robot wig. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of robot wig, uh, what is the origin story of that name? It's not as exciting as you might think. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was literally um, I, where I worked, where I previously worked before I went freelance. Um, I had a client on the phone and I had a couple of post-it notes and I was just making a few notes on the post-it. And um, I just I remember the client just started to talk and talk and talk and my brain just switched off. <laughs> and I just started drawing this robot and then I put a little. It, uh, originally, it had um, a mop, a mop head, for a haircut. Because I had this fascination with, um, with you know, the Jetsons, mm-hmm. the maid in the Jetsons, a robot maid <laughs> with a one wheel. Yeah. I always had this fascination with the robot, with just a unicycle robot, and I'm just like, I've always had this fascination with. <laughs> With a, a robot on a on a unicycle, so it, it came, sort of came from that idea. So I drew That's this cool. like, drew this little robot. It looked like the maid from um, the Jetsons, and then I just put this little mop, a mop, broken mop head, on the top of its head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my friend came over, and then we just started laughing at the fact <laughs> that this robot had a wig. Like a robot would be vain enough <laughs> to to have a wig. Like it yeah. would improve its looks, <laughs> and it just became this like really funny thing of robot with a wig, and the the idea of the whole the whole thing just having a wig was just like really funny at the time. But that's where it, that's where it came from. Oh, I love that though. I, that's so great. <laughs> just random. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like that. That's what works best for you is when you're in these mundane situations. Yeah, you just go to another place and, and <laughs> discover something amazing. Yeah, I mean the robot's completely different now. It still mm-hmm. exists on Facebook. The only thing that exists of the original illustration was <clears throat> I scanned the um, post-it note into the computer and we traced it in um, Illustrator, and then my friend made a three-dimensional logo out of it. Oh, cool. Um, so the only the only place that exists is on Facebook. So it's it's still there, but it's nothing like my logo now. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've alluded several times that you don't make any money from this work. What what are the challenges you're facing to get your work seen and also turn it into a, a viable business? There's a lot of challenges. Sometimes people are challenges. Sometimes, most of the time, uh, social media is a major challenge. Mm-hmm. Algorithms are just the most horrendous thing now. Yeah. When I first started on Instagram doing this, before it got taken over, you, I'd post like one image, and it'd be getting over a thousand likes, get a lot of response back. You'd be getting twenty, thirty followers. A week it was like oh this is that that's what made me carry on um because i thought people do want to see this stuff people want to see it there's a there's an audience there for it Mm -hmm. i can see it um and then algorithms got introduced and they're so harsh now you're lucky lucky if anybody sees your work so uh, yeah it's, it's disheartening when you see that and i'm disheartened for people that have just joined social media who are really creative and 
have amazing skills and they post something absolutely spectacular out there and 10 people like it mm-hmm. and then they give up. Yeah. And that's tough because I know what the audience was like previous. I mean, I would have probably given up now, mm-hmm. but I know what that audience was like. And I, I think personally that my work's getting better as I'm, as I'm progressing. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's tough. And, and it's, I don't know how people are supposed to gain exposure if they're limited so much. Right. It's like a happy, happily pay Instagram uh, a monthly fee if I manage to get out there. Mm-hmm. But paying them, pre- paying them beforehand is like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. If you, you know, if you if you build up a hundred thousand k audience, yeah, then I'll pay. But you know, if I'm not if I'm not gaining any audience. I can't afford to pay for it. So you're stuck in a sort of a no-win situation. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. It's tough. Um, I'm trying everything that I can. Um, I know that it's viable because at the end of the day, it's product photography. Right. It's product photography and it's art. Um, so it's it's two things, really, mm-hmm. which is unusual for like a piece of art and some product photography. So there's mm-hmm. two the two areas you can go down with that. I'd love I'd love for it to be seen as a piece of like modern art. We, yeah. we, the world's moving so fast. We're so used to you know there's things taking over. There's all this CGI, and I just think it'd be amazing for something hands-on and real to sort mm-hmm. of tuck in there and. I mean, people love it when they see it. So, right, yeah, it, yeah, I'd absolutely love that. So, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, but you just gotta keep going. Yeah, you gotta keep going. I appreciate you being so open to talking about it too, because I think so many of us are like, "What am I doing wrong?" And yeah, sometimes yeah. you're not doing anything wrong at no. all. It's just timing, and you know, <laughs> just that critical movement of people seeing your work. Yeah, I've broken down on many occasions, but I'm not frightened, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people don't like you to be honest and they want you to pretend to be somebody, right. somebody else and, you know, I'm amazing and this and that, and I can't do that because oh. it's, not, it's not really me. I prefer to be honest about what I'm going through and stuff. So I've been honest online about stuff, and I've almost given up about... Ten times this year because it just gets too yeah, much. It does. I absolutely love doing it. I, I, you know, that no point do I think I'm just doing this for an audience or anything. I absolutely love doing it. I don't think there's anything in this world, work-wise, that I would love to do more than this. And I didn't know about it before 2019, so I didn't know I was going to love it. It was just, yeah, you just fall into this thing and you're creating these mini movie sets, and it feels like you're you've got an opportunity to be in that movie as weird as that sounds. And it's mm-hmm. done as something quite magical when you're creating it as when you're showing people it too. And, but yeah, it's, you know, you get your ups and downs and sometimes you'll just work so hard and, you know, you create the best image ever and you post it out online and, you know, so nobody sees it yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm just going to give up. And then people go, don't give up, don't right. give up. <laughs> <laughs> keep going something will happen keep going yeah. it's like how long do you keep going for how long do you keep going for yeah but yeah it's tough i wish i could yeah. say that 
it's amazing. <laughs> now I appreciate you saying being real though, because that's something that attracted me when I saw your work and then also your honesty with what you're feeling and going through. And, and yeah. that to me is so refreshing. Uh, it's and horrible. I think, it's horrible to do though. I mean, oh, I yeah, hate, but, but still, I hate having it, to admit that, you know, that you're failing. I hate to have to admit that. And I hate to have to ask for money from people who I don't even know. It's awful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It just breaks you. It breaks who you are down to nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, you've got to do it. And it's, yeah. It's horrible to be in that situation. I mean, I yeah. never want anybody to go through it um, yeah. because you just had literally just had the rug pulled from under me, and then that was it. It's like, what do I do? I lost yeah. my contracts. The businesses closed down that I used to work for because of COVID. Mm -hmm. It's like everything had this massive knock-on effect. So, I mean, finding work's just really difficult now, which is why finding this as niche as what it is. Mm -hmm. I think an important aspect to it, there it is niche and it, it does stand out and it's, you know, it's, it's got some legs and I think it's open for everybody to see. I call it the yeah. like Pingu photography. Everybody's seen Pingu. Anybody can watch Pingu. There's no languages in Pingu. Anybody can look at the image images mm -hmm. if they've seen the movie and anybody from around the world can relate to it. And I just think that's just, like this amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to you from LA and I'm in, I'm in the UK. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it speaks to people. Yeah, it, it does. It just speaks to people. And I just think, I, I just think that's just such an amazing thing that art can do that. Is there a film director or cinematographer or company you would love to collaborate with? Ooh, <laughs> There's a lot of people I would have liked to have worked with. I'd have loved to have worked with Stan Winston. Mm. You know, like, yeah. if you got an opportunity to, um, what's that film called with Denzel Washington, where he goes back in time? I can't remember what it's called, but it goes back in time, but they, they've, they've rebuilt this image of the past. Mm. And he steps into this, there's like this virtual camera and you can go around looking looking at everything and it'd just be amazing just to go back to those pivotal moments of Stan Winston creating the Terminator, mm -hmm. being in that, being in that um, place at the time in that studio at the time and not knowing it was going to be so big, mm -hmm. but the amount of effort and stuff that he used to put into all his creations. I mean, Stan Winston studios are amazing, but yeah, just witnessing stuff like that. Going to Jim Henson's studio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, there's a guy called Derek Van Lint who's, he did the um, cinematography on Alien. Okay. Well, that, I mean, the reason why Alien is so timeless is because of the way it's shot. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely stunning. You, you look at it now and it doesn't look old. You only know it's old because the actors are old now and it's like <laughs> yeah but the the look of it is just incredible i just you know that i'm mesmerized by it every time i watch it just the scenes in the ship where there's nobody there it's all got this and i think that's why i get it from it's it's all got this eerie feeling to it mm -hmm. you know you, you've not seen anything you're just walking through the ship but there's nothing there it's quiet and, and that's eerie yeah 
even though you know there's nothing there. I've watched it millions of times, and you're just like, you know there's nothing right at the beginning, <laughs> but it's just creepy, and it's like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It's just getting that feeling, and like this build-up of dread just by going through some dark corridors, and mm-hmm. it's just absolutely fantastic. I love that. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of the scene where there's like backlit chains. Yeah. And like you know that it's not acid blood dripping, but yeah. you, you're still afraid. Yeah. And just that's just amazing. And that's feeling. that's the elements that I absolutely love. I'm not I love action, but I love the calm before the storm. Mm. I love the feeling of something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the build-up of that, which is a prime example of what you just said with the chains and Brett going to find Jones, him just walking around looking for a cat is like the most horrific thing ever. Yeah. But the attack, I think, is is less so than the actual build-up. Mm-hmm. It's like Jaws is more frightening not seeing it, and then the attack yeah. is more of the, like, the action. And I think you become more immune to that, but the the chase of Jaws, even though you never see it, is more of the the frightening element. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I try to capture in my in my photography work is the bits before, the bits in between, the bits that are captured in that. That's what gives you that feeling. I think that's why people say, Oh, I've got the feels from that from that image that you've created. And yeah. and I think that that's where it does is you get a feeling when you watch something like that. Well, if someone wanted to hire you to create anything custom for their website or for their podcast, is that possible? And how would they go about that? I don't see why not. Um, Yeah. um, Again, it's dependent on what I've got, um, what's available, whether it's supplied or not. So there's (laughs) there's certain elements to that. Um, But yeah, it's... I'm open to things like that completely. Um, we just get in contact on my website, just on my on my contact form on my website, and I'll get back to anybody that gets in contact. Excellent. I'll blow the cobwebs off it. <laughs> <laughs> or that might just create atmosphere. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up our time together, what wisdom would you like to leave with the audience? Uh, I think the most important thing from a creative perspective and people will tell you that this is probably the wrong thing is to make sure that you show who you are and to make sure that you are who you are and that your work is you. Mm. It's not somebody else's. It's not some, you've not looked at something on YouTube or whatever and just copied it. It's you, you make your art you. I think that's the most important thing that you can do. With things that are on TV and things now, everything's become this saccharine, mm-hmm. samey, mm-hmm. you know, it all just merges into into one big blob. And unless people start showing who they are and their skills and their style and everything, I, you know, I think that's the most important thing for people to do who are being creative is express yourself mm-hmm. and don't worry if people don't like it because... Yeah. People will like it. Just if people don't like it, they're not your people. Yes. People say to me, I can tell it's your it's your imagery when I see it. I can't tell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, just, I don't even know what you're looking at, but yeah, if it looks <laughs> like me, then that's great. But 
I made a choice decision um, to not um, learn anything off Google, to completely teach myself and just to, you know, make errors and teach myself mm-hmm. and make my photography look like my photography because I, w- I was copying film scenes when I first started doing the exact same lighting, but that was just because I was like, I don't know how to do lighting at all. Yeah. So it's like I, I use these as a point of reference and just see if I can get close. But now I memorize what a scene may look like from what I remember. And rather than go look at it, I don't look at anything. Wow. And then I'll just light it the way that I want, that I feel that it looks. Oh, cool. So that's like in my head the way that it feels. And I think that's really important to do that. And mm-hmm. I've always been told not to do that. But now I feel like, well, I'm just sort of in a sea of mediocrity by just doing the same as everybody else. So it's, you know, it's nice to push yourself through that. And, you know, I feel like a sense of achievement from doing that, too. It's, it's, it, it sounds like really ego that <laughs> I, I refuse to look at things online and stuff. But it just I just wanted my work to look like it's 100 percent me. It was just this thing that I really wanted to do. Well, last question for you. What movie is blowing your mind right now? Hmm. <laughs> I quite like horrors. Horrors have been doing well this year. Yes. And I really enjoyed Barbarian. I thought that was a great movie. It was unpredictable, mm-hmm. funny, and it just came out at the right time. But that's the one that sticks in my mind. And Nope as well from, oh, I've forgotten his name. His Jordan name? Peele. Jordan Peele, absolutely incredible. I've watched that movie loads of times. I just <laughs> I think love that one too. It's just in, it's just insanely good. It's just everything about it is just, and it, it's like he wants to be that going into that like old golden Hollywood type of movies, and you get that sense from from that that movie. It's just like it's got this real Hollywood sense to it, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. I was just mesmerized by it from the first time i watched it yeah my favorite scene in that film is where they show like up in the monster yeah from that almost first person perspective it's fright fright hell yeah (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah it's yeah that's absolutely incredible there's just so many elements to that to that movie the whole chimp at the beginning yeah and the shoe just standing there it's just creepy it's just creepy stuff that's one scene I did want to recreate, but I don't have a monkey. <laughs> or a shoe. <laughs> so that's the way it works. I need a shoe. <laughs> and a monkey with a party hat on. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on Getting Work to Work, sharing about your work, your love for film, and just the unique way that you approach creativity. I think there's so much to learn from it. And I just thank you for being you and having your, having you show up in your work too. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Huge congratulations to Steve for winning multiple awards for his photography in creative pools, 2023 annual awards, head to robotwig.com to see not only the awards that he's won, but look at his entire body of work 
of reinterpreting film scenes with lights, everyday objects, and figures, it is inspiring to witness. And I hope this conversation encourages you to create the work you are destined to do the only way you can. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.